everyone. Uh, good to see you guys here. Uh, so we're going through uh, the discipling seminar. Uh, just kind of a quick recap on where we've been the last few weeks. Uh, we've kind of been talking about more personal discipline in discipling. Uh, we went through uh, Bible study, uh, prayer, and uh, looking through some extra biblical sources. Today we're going to talk about uh, really kind of where all this kind of converges together. We're going to cover the topics of evangelism and missions. Uh, and how that looks in discipling and how we can uh, lift up others considering missions and evangelism. So the first part we're going to look at <clears throat> is encouraging evangelism. Uh, there are some three points as to why we evangelize. Uh, point number one, it's compelled and commanded for Christians. Uh, somebody like to look at 2 Corinthians 5, 11, and 14. And you guys want to read that real quick? Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. Uh, because they know the Lord, they are compelled to share the Lord to other people. Uh, we share our faith with an unsaved world because that's what God has commanded us to do. Uh, this is one of the reasons why we're still here on this side of heaven. We have a duty and a purpose to go out and to share the gospel. And the gospel is the greatest message that we have that God came down to die for a people, there's no other message that's greater than this. So it wouldn't make sense for us to hoard this message. In fact, we're commanded to go out and share the gospel. Uh, second point is that evangelism is a source of joy for Christians. Uh, somebody want to look up Philemon 4 through 7? Uh, not only is evangelism commanded for us, but this is the way that we get joy, is talking about our Lord. So, somebody look at Philemon 4 through 7, please. So yeah, uh, Paul's expressing joy in the fruit of God's work through his friend Philemon, um, but he's encouraging him to share the gospel regular uh, for our joy. Uh, we get a joy just by proclaiming the gospel. 
Um, we do this with anything that we love. If we talk about food or movies, uh, people at work always call me a nerd because I'm big into Star Wars movies. And there are a lot of guys at work are like, I've never seen that movie. Why do you like that movie? It's so nerdy. And then I start talking about why I like it, the stories and all this stuff. And then as soon as I get home, I'm like, hey, Rachel, get the popcorn because we're going to start watching Star Wars. <laughs> but we do this with all other things that we like, food, uh, relatives, people that lift us up, people that we love. And the same thing, we should be talking about Jesus like this. Uh, of course, John Piper's ministry, his kind of tagline is, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. And when we evangelize, we're actually not only expressing our love in Christ, but it's giving us more of a joy to want to go back and study the word and be with his people and pray to him and give him thanks. So it's kind of a circle of joy. We have a joy to go share the gospel. And just in sharing that gospel, it gives us a joy and a motivation to go back into his word. Uh, moving on to the third point, evangelism is for God's glory. This is perhaps one of the biggest encouragements, and really all the other reasons that I've been discussing are kind of under this one. Uh, Romans three twenty-five through 26, uh, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness, because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So evangelism being for God's glory should be a huge encouragement to us because God himself, the creator of the universe, is using us as instruments for his glory. We're being used to carry out the mission of sharing the gospel. And kind of think of the catechism question, what is the chief end of all man? It's to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. A huge way that we glorify God and enjoy Him forever is by sharing the gospel. We glorify God by doing that, and we enjoy that. We get a joy out of doing that. So how do we encourage evangelism in discipling? Uh, we gain more motivation for evangelism when we understand why we're doing it. And... Uh, we kind of talked about before, discipleship's not just behavior modification, but shaping of a Christian's heart, mind, desires, and motivation. We don't just want to encourage legalistic rules and things to do and not to do, but we want to see a heart-transforming, God-glorifying change in somebody's heart. And an act of concern for the loss teaches volumes for others. So if you're, one of the, if you're a discipler, it'll help when your friends see evangelism as a natural part in your own life. And this needs to be day by day. Our lives should be molded by a desire to reach the lost. Seeing others have a passion for evangelism is an encouragement to me. Uh, community groups and uh, Thursday night group that I meet up with some uh, men, we talk a lot about being motivated to reach the lost. And just kind of being in those groups, that's, one of a, that's kind of a central prayer that a lot of us have is to be motivated to reach the lost, uh, to be praying for lost family members or friends. And to kind of see that love and desire to share the gospel to the lost is an encouragement to me. <clears throat> so, let's think about some ways that we can strategically reach out to others. It doesn't necessarily have to be just a spontaneous moment. It can be deliberate and planned out depending on who we're talking to, depending on if they're 
a close friend who's just kind of thinking about, yeah, maybe this is something that I'm thinking about, or somebody who's more hostile to it. Uh, converse with friends and families. Think about who's in their sphere of influence, uh, who's displaying openness to spiritual things, and who, who can we be praying for? <clears throat> so uh, let me ask you guys, are there some different ways that you guys have noticed, like being out there talking to people in the go- about the gospel, uh, different strategies or stories or situations that you guys have kind of noticed about different things like that? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. No, but that, that's right. Yeah, if, if you're if you're there, just kind of talking to me. Yeah, this is what you need to do. You need to kind of do this. But your life isn't modeling that. It's going to be really hard for somebody that you're trying to disciple to be like, well, why do I need to be motivated? Yeah, like, yeah, that's that's really good. You're kind of the you need to be leading more by example. Like, if I'm going to be discipling you, then you've got to make sure that you're leading scripturally. So uh, I think there's a list here, some uh, books on evangelism. Uh, There's some books here, and then uh, I looked on the Christ Community uh, Resources page on the website. There's a couple more books that show up on there. It's uh, One-on-One Discipleship and the Master Plan of Evangelism. So there are some good resources that we can be looking at there. Uh, We also need to keep in mind the importance of church in evangelism. Um, a healthy culture of discipleship should do a lot to commend the gospel to an unbelieving world. Uh, by watching how we live together as a church, unbelievers will either see the gospel to be true or false in us. A healthy church culture will want its members to go out to evangelize. Um, I know uh, sometimes whenever we've been in community groups, I've been talking with Jared uh, in the past about this, and he's kind of had this analogy of community groups or discipleship sessions that's really kind of stuck out to me. He kind of relates it to us going out into the battlefield, going out into war during the weeks and the days of us just getting beat down by the circumstances and sharing the gospel. And then we come back here or to community groups or to wherever we're at, and we get built back up. We get encouraged, we get prayed for, we get scripture, and then we get sent right back out, then they would go do it again. It's a circle. We're going back out and we're sharing the gospel. We're getting beat down by the world, by temptation, by unbelievers, and we come back here and we get encouraged and fed to get sent right back out there to go share the gospel. And I think that's been a really good uh, kind of description in my life to really think about that. Uh, to be built up to go out and share the gospel and then to come back here to know that We've got a tight-knit church family that's about sharing the gospel. <clears throat> so we're going to move on to part two, encouraging missions. Um, so how do we encourage missions? And they're pretty much the same way for encouraging evangelism. Uh, point one, missions are not optional. They are commanded to us by Christ. There are many things in the Christian life that we can choose to do or not do without a blot on your discipleship, but missions is not one of them. 
We are all called to serve the cause of global evangelism. And in the book of 3 John, we see a universal imperative for all Christians to be involved. Uh, somebody like to read 3 John 1, 5 through 8? So we see some who are sent out by a church for the sake of Christ's name, and there's some who show hospitality to send those out. And both of those who go and send are part of the work of missions. And for those who send out missionaries, there's a passion for global missions should be a normal part of your life. So the Great Commission was given to the church, and missions is work of all the members of the church, not just the few that are going out there. So... It's imperative that we build up a passion for missions in, in every disciple. Uh, you can't have a biblically faithful church without this passion uh, for missions. And an engagement with missions facilitates spiritual growth. We get a joy out of missions, out of the worldwide proclamation of the gospel to the nations. And a way that we can do this is deliberately, purposefully talk about missions in discipling relationships. See, we want our friends to prosper spiritually, and uh, we want to see a confidence in spiritual health for the believers, love and care for those who are out preaching the gospel. And that's just an evidence of salvation. In John, 3 John 1, 1 through 4, the elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth, beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health, just as your soul prospers. For I was very glad when brethren came and testified to your truth, that is how you are walking in truth. I have no greater joy than this to hear of my children walking in the truth. John's basing a lot of his confidence in Gaius' spiritual health and his willingness to care for and welcome evangelists or missionaries sent out possibly by John's home church. This particular act demonstrates for John Gaius' love to the lost and other Christians. So we need to deliberately cultivate this kind of love in the lives of our friends because we want them to do well spiritually. We get a joy in seeing our friends and brothers in Christ grow spiritually, and that in turn will cause us to grow spiritually. Cultivating a passion for missions promotes spiritual health because it's one of the most selfless things that we can do. And again, the third point in encouraging missions is it brings God glory. If we're true Christians, then a desire to see God glorified should be very real and clear in our lives. As we're discipling, we do our friends a great service when you cultivate a taste for missions, just like Anna was talking about. If they see a desire in our lives and we disciple them in that same desire, then they're going to want to grow in that too, and then that will in turn give us more spiritual joy. So... How do we encourage missions in discipling? Uh, let's make the topic of missions a regular part of our relationships. We're in our groups or wherever we're at, a lot of people spend a lot of time on prayer requests, Bible studies, struggle with sin, and those are all very important. 
but there's kind of been in the church today more of missions kind of on a back burner. You know, it's kind of like almost like an out of sight, out of mind thing. We know they're out there. We're praying for them. We're supporting them. But we're not really talking about it enough or letting that be more of a real aspect in the peoples that are here in their lives. So when we get together, let's make a point to regularly pray for missions. Uh, Carl, this is for you. Uh, In our community group, uh, it's been a really good uh, thing to see. One of the things that we do in our community groups is we'll kind of go through like just some things going on in the church, and then we'll do prayer requests, and then we'll take a minute to go through families that are out there that we're supporting in the missions, and we'll make a moment to pray for them to see if they need anything. Uh, They'll talk about some of their needs, some of the struggles that they're going through, and that's really a, a, a strengthening for our community groups is to know who's out there in the world and we can really just sit down and discuss what do they need, how are they doing, how's their family, how can we be praying for them. <clears throat> That's really a, an uplifting time. Uh, here's another list on some books on missions. I'm not going to go through the list. I believe that you guys have that in your handout. There are some uh, different lists of books and some missionary biographies. Uh, so we also need to model a concern for missions just like we're concerned for other things in our spiritual lives uh, our growth in holiness uh, bearing fruit our struggle with sin uh, missions needs to be part of that concern we want to know how we can uh, go out and proclaim the gospel to the nations so in your discipling sessions and your relationships talk about specific roles in global missions. Of course, not every Christian is going to be a missionary, but every healthy and mature Christian will at some point want to know what their role is in the global missions. Some will go and some will stay, but everybody's got to be involved. Uh, The ones who go are the ones called by God to leave this place where they are and to go somewhere to deliberately share the gospel to a foreign nation. But then there are those on this side who stay here. If we don't go, that doesn't end our responsibility. Rather, we structure our lives to help support and encourage. Uh, Praying for them, uh, trying to, you know, send them an email, love on them, see if they need anything. And uh, I met with Ryan earlier this week, and kind of something that we were discussing is possibly... uh, putting something like that on Realm with just a list of all the ones uh, that we know of that are out there in the world sharing the gospel and the different families and ways that we can pray for them, things that they need. Uh, That might be something that uh, could possibly be in the works for that. So how do we disciple those who are considering to become missionaries? For those out there who feel like that they have a calling to go out into the world and share the gospel to the nations. Uh, the first thing we need to do is get them talking with others uh, pretty quickly. We want to do this because we need to be praying for those who are coming to this decision. Uh, we want them to do this because sometimes people get very fast, make a quick decision about this, and they might need to be slowed down and really think about some things. We often, we less often say no to a person's desire to go abroad and more often say, wait, stick around, and grow for a while with a healthy church. Give us some time to know you better in ways that we can pray for you. Uh, The second thing, we need to get them planted with a church leader, an elder, or pastor. A lot of people falsely believe that a calling to missions is an intensely personal decision, 
a decision to pursue missions must involve the local church. Rather than making a settled decision and then telling your church leaders, uh, we want you to know uh, to get planted in with elders, to get planted in with uh, church leaders and and people who've uh, got some biblical wisdom and some more maturity in their growth. It's the only way that they can be shepherded. Shepherded is if they make themselves known early on. Third is... uh, we realize that the church sends missionaries, not they themselves. The burden should never be on the person alone to discern a call to missionaries to prepare the work of missions. Our elders and church as a whole want to help and walk with them as they consider how they're called to fit into God's plan for the nations. Something else that I think is important to think of, and uh, you know, these are people who we all know. Sometimes we know very closely. I know that we've been sending some to Ecuador. And these are people that we're sitting with. It kind of gets really real when we know, you know, one week, hey, we're sitting by this guy, and the next week we know that they're gone to a foreign nation sharing the gospel. It's not a light decision. It should be taken seriously. And as active as we are in missions, we should be praying with them and for them who go out into the nations. Uh, Finally, as a church, things that we should be looking for in a potential missionary, somebody who feels that they want to go out, Uh, is a list of some attributes that we should be looking for. Are they dependable? Uh, Are they faithful in attending church? Are they serving the church? Do they have a joy to share the gospel? Are they sound in scripture? Are they sound in faith? Um, Do they have a sound theological understanding of God, Christ, and scripture? So these are some things that we as a church could be looking for uh, in potential missionaries. So finally, uh, concluding here, we need to have a concern for evangelism and missions. We've got to remember that that's a basic part of Christian life. That's an evidence of salvation is that do we have a concern to reach the lost? Do we have a desire to go out and share the gospel and preach the things of God? And understanding that the people in our lives who we're discipling, when they see, that, when they see this truth in us, it will give them a greater joy and God his due glory. So... Uh, we have any questions, any comments? Okay. Cool. Well, I think we're wrapped up. I'm going to pray real quick and then we'll wrap up. Almighty God, uh, I thank you for this time that uh, we've been here together. We thank you for this day that you've given us. Lord, I pray that you would just uh, encourage us to proclaim your truth and your gospel. Lord, uh, remind us that uh, your truth is a joy in our lives. Build us up and strengthen us as we continue on uh, to proclaim your gospel. Lord, we pray for those who are out broad. Uh, preaching to the nations, Lord. Uh, We want to lift them up and we want to praise you, Lord, uh, for their joy. Uh, Thank you for all that you've done for us and I pray that your hand would be upon those who are out uh, preaching your word to the nations. May your will be done and we pray these things for your glory in Christ's name. Amen.